2: The biggest games of the football season are coming and BetRivers is introducing new parlay features just in time for the playoff push. For your next bet, try a new multi-game parlay and combine bets across games to make your perfect combo. Combine player props, game bets, and even different same-game parlays into one multi-game parlay. Make your parlay today at BetRivers. Download the BetRivers app or go to BetRivers.com to place your bet. This
0: is the Detroit City Cast with Dan Leach, presented by Bet Rivers.
2: What's going on, fine citizens? Happy Wild Wednesday here on the Detroit City Cast, brought to you by our great friends at Bet Rivers. Lots to get to, including those updated poll numbers on Dan Campbell. Approve or disapprove? Boy, you're going to be interested to see how he has jumped over the last several weeks as far as One Direction goes, not the band. Uh, But as far as disapprove or approve the job Dan Campbell is doing as the Lions head coach, we're going to take a look at what's going on with Michigan and Georgia and also a bunch of other bowl games and the COVID situation in this country, uh, how it's affecting sports. I mean, the NHL is shut down right now. So at least after the holidays, the NBA is considered doing it. NFL, we know, is a mess. Had two Monday night games, two Tuesday night games. So we're going to get into that. Um, And... A very interesting situation as well when it comes to the Detroit Lions. Something that people are getting frustrated about, which I understand. And we'll get into that in just a bit. But let's take a look at a trip to the Motown betting window. And it's brought to you by Bet Rivers. And we're going to start with the college football playoffs. And some big news that came out today was that if for some reason whether it's Georgia or Michigan or Alabama or Cincinnati, or even the teams that win those games in the semis and go on to play for the national title, if they end up not having enough players and have to, aren't able to play the game, they will have to forfeit. There will not be any postponement of the college football playoff. And that right now is much worse news for Georgia than it is for Michigan, because Georgia right now has got some issues with COVID, including quarterback JT Daniels, who we think was going to possibly be a big factor in this game. I mean, Kirby Smart had to make a decision whether he was going to play JT Daniels or Stetson Bennett, who had struggled, obviously, in the game against Alabama. It was probably going to be a combination maybe of both of them. Uh, You know, both of them have the ability to play some good football, but Stetson Bennett kind of left some things to be desired, and there was a thought that maybe JT Daniels, might end up getting the start, but he is on the COVID list, and there's some other issues going on in the, the Georgia program. Michigan, conversely, by the way, has decided as a team to get the booster shot ahead of the college football playoff semifinal. It's not fully known if, if there were maybe some players that had already gotten it on Michigan, but you know the majority of them had not. They're young, healthy kids and you know didn't have to worry about it as much as people that are have more underlying conditions. Uh, But they're doing that today as a team. Here on Wednesday, that was according to offensive lineman Andrew Stuber. uh, And he spoke to the media yesterday and said the Wolverines had any issues with the virus leading up to the game against Georgia, but they're not willing to take any chances. Quote, the booster's out there now. We have a full team booster shot tomorrow, so that'll be good. I think everyone understands the gravity of the situation. To have an outbreak now would be devastating to a lot of people. Understanding the concern that this is a big thing, so we've taken the proper precautions there. He didn't give an exact number, but said the team, uh, having a number of players vaccinated, now getting the booster shot, has meant not having to hold any players out of practice for COVID-19 reasons. So that's that's great, and I would hope a lot a lot of other college football teams uh, are going to do that. Texas a and out of their bowl game; they're out of the Gator Bowl. I know I think Rutgers was invited and declined, and there are people that think maybe they should have Texas come and and take the money instead of their rival in-state rival Texas A&M. But that's where we're at right now, and just take a look, taking a look at, at Bet Rivers and the future's odds. We've seen a little movement. And it's it's kind of weird the way we've seen the movement as far as what has happened with the two with, with two of the teams that we've seen movement on. It's not surprising that Alabama is down to plus one fifteen. They're the, the favorite. They've been around that for much of the you know the last couple of weeks. Uh, I know that they were up to 120, 125 at times. Georgia down to 140 plus 140, but Michigan is up to seven to one. Yesterday, the day before, they were six and a half to one, and Georgia's got the, the COVID issues, but yet Michigan, their odds to win at all are are going up. Uh, you know, the odds are going up. That means the odds are going down in, in theoretical fashion. So, you know, this this could be some big bets are being put on Alabama and Georgia. Uh, I'm looking more into that, but. Uh, You know, it's not a huge move. It's a $50 move from 6.5 to 1 to 7 to 1. Cincinnati, though, has moved down, and that is part of why Michigan has moved down. Cincinnati was 20 to 1. Remember, I told you it's a very solid value uh, if you don't think one of the other three teams is going to win at all. You know, you you get Cincy. They were 20 to 1, not on a 17 to 1, but that's part of the reason we've seen a little movement as well. But there has been some money that has come in on Alabama, uh, which can affect the odds as well. So that's where we're at as far as the futures odds go. Let's take a look at what's going on uh, with the bowl games, and remember, we're picking every single bowl game on this show. I gave you the full selections leading up to the last couple of days. After starting nine and two in the bowls, down to or I'm sorry, eight and two, down to eight and four as we lost San Diego State last night, and we lost UTSA. Both teams actually, at one point San Diego State was winning, so was UTSA. Both teams were dogs. They both ended up not winning uh and not covering but we will get back at it tonight we did have a win with Tulsa that brought us to eight and two but now we're eight and four on the bowl season I do like Army tonight it's a one-star play I, Missouri's not a good team Army is clearly the better team but I think that line is about right it, you know it's up to seven at bet rivers I took it at six and a half so I have a one-star play on Army to get us back on the winning track and then we've got a couple games on Thursday that we'll talk about uh tomorrow on the show watch well, i'll give you i'll give you the the early game on the show because it's a it's a 330 game the frisco football classic miami of ohio minus two and a half against north texas i have a two-star play on north texas plus the two and a half and then we do have the ucf florida gasparilla bowl that we'll get into on the show tomorrow but those are your two bowl picks uh for the next about 24 hours Army, they're up to seven, so I'd buy it down to six and a half. It's about a seven, even money, so you're not really losing a ton of value there. But you hate to have a team like Army win by seven, and you push instead of if you buy it down a half point, spend the 10 cents, you know, on the juice, then, you know, you, you win that bet on the key number three and seven. So one-star play on Army uh, over Missouri, and a two-star play on the Mean Green of North Texas against Miami, Ohio. It's a three thirty game, the Frisco football game classic. Let's take a look at the Michigan State uh, Pittsburgh line in the much ballyhooed and now much less sizzling Peach Bowl. I mean, that was going to be a hell of a game. And now you got the two best players out with Kenny Pickett-Fence out you know, for Pittsburgh and Kenny Walker, one of the best uh, players in the country and definitely you a know, top two, top three running back all year. He is out as well to get ready for the draft. So Michigan State Right now is minus two and a half. It's been holding steady for the last week plus since we found out in the news that both Pickett and and Walker weren't going to play. It happened on the same day. Uh, Michigan State minus two and a half, uh, minus 110 both ways. Moneyline, Michigan State, where it was yesterday, minus 130. Pittsburgh, same as it was yesterday, uh, plus 108 in the total, the same as it was yesterday, 55 and a half, minus 108 on the over, minus 113 on the under. Remember, this was a 60-point total and has gone down since, you know, the two offensive stars are out of that game. Now we got the updated line for you with Georgia and Michigan. I mentioned that Michigan went from six and a half to one to seven to one to win it all. Well, this line that was eight, eight and a half had gone down to seven and a half for the last several days. Now back to eight at Bet Rivers. There has been some action on Georgia, even with their COVID issues. Uh, some sharp plays have come in, in in recent days. Not a huge move, not a ton, a ton of money, but guys that are respected. So the line has moved back to Georgia minus eight. At Bet Rivers right now, it's minus eight, minus 108. Uh, Michigan plus eight, minus 113. And you know, just to explain again, something that I I a lot of you listening to the show know how gambling works, but there's many of you that are that are learning, and a lot of you reached out to me on Twitter and asked me, you know, different advice, and I always put my picks on there for you. And we had a hell of a weekend. The, the one point leading into before we lost those two bowl games yesterday, I was on a 20 and four run against the spread, or with different picks I'd made that huge parlay we hit over the weekend with Jake Paul and Bilal uh, and Limos and some others. So. You know, I'm always gonna explain to the, to you, like the people that might not understand as well as the veterans of you out there that have gambled for a while, like myself. If you you take a team at minus eight, it's not a huge difference from seven and a half. Obviously, you got to get to eight to win that bet. But if you get to eight, you're gonna push. The seven and a half obviously is more valuable because if you get to eight, you win that bet. But eight's not a key number, so there really isn't a huge amount of difference between seven and a half and eight. Uh, When you're either betting Georgia minus the points, laying the points, or taking the points with Michigan. Obviously, if for some reason the game lands on eight, and you laid it with Georgia, you're going to push. If you took it with Michigan, you're going to push. And otherwise, you would have lost on the Wolverines and won on Georgia. But if it was seven, it's a much different scenario. If it's three, it's a much different scenario. Because there's your key numbers. If it was, you know, three up to three and a half, or if it was three down to two and a half, or seven up to seven and a half, or seven down to six and a half, different story. So this move is not that significant. It's just showing that there is some money coming in on Georgia. That line, I'm sure, is going to come back down. Michigan's a hugely public bet team. A lot of the people are going to bet on the Wolverines. A lot of their their fans, as well as, you know, people around the country that love the Wolverines, are going to bet them closer to New Year's Eve. So I think that we're going to probably see that line settle at 7.5. Is it possible it goes to 7? If the, the Bulldogs have some more COVID issues, absolutely. But if you're thinking about taking the Wolverines, this would probably be the time to take them because I don't think that line's going to get any higher than 8. If you're thinking about taking Georgia, I would hold off. You might be able to get some value on like a minus 7, uh, minus 115, minus 120, something like that if there are some movements on this line closer to the game day with some big public action on the Wolverines. money line Georgia minus 335, Michigan plus 245, and the total, remember we've been talking about this total a lot, I said that the highest I would go is 45, I, I've liked the over, I got it at 43, 43 and a half. it went up to 44.5 over the last several days, now it's up to 45, but the over minus 108, under minus 113. And and what's, again, it's the same example as I mentioned to you, 44-and-a-half, 45, not a huge difference. Yes, you can't win if it gets to 45 if you have, you know, 45 over or under. Uh, or, I'm sorry, on the over side, of course. But, you know, if you had 44-and-a-half and got to 45, you would win. Not. That's why I said I'd take it up to 45. i I'm, you know, It's like blackjack. When you push in blackjack, it's like a win. I'm never going to get mad about pushing. Of course, I always want to win. But that's where you would consider maybe, you know, shaving off the half point, buying it down to 44-and-a-half, you know, with, with Georgia-Michigan. You know, buying Georgia down to seven and a half, uh, or if it's uh, a spread that's on the seven, buying it down to six and a half, or on the three, buying it down to two and a half. So 45 is the highest I'll go. I do believe this game is going to go over. I like the over, uh, but I got it at 43, 43 and a half, and I would go up to 45. And we might see this actually go up. This could go to 45 and a half, 46, 46 and a half. So we'll keep monitoring that for you as well. And that game, we're getting closer and closer. I'm leaving in less than a week to get down to South Beach. We're gonna have a lot of fun down there. Doing some man-on-the-street stuff and talking with some of our great uh, friends from the, the media that cover Michigan. So, we'll have a lot of fun uh, out there for eight days. Seven nights, eight days. Eight crazy nights uh, in South Florida. And I'll be at the game on New Year's Eve. Then win or lose, headed to a sick Miami club to dance the night away. Alright, that's a trip to the Motown betting window And the Wings are shut down until at least after the holiday, uh, the Christmas holiday. Pistons do have a game tomorrow against Miami. Remember, they played Miami uh, a few days ago, and the Pistons were able to get by the Heat by 10. That was at LCA. This game will be in Miami, a 7.30 start, on December 23rd, Thursday night. That's a trip to the Motown betting window, brought to you by our great friends at Bet. Rivers. All right, we got a lot to discuss coming up. We'll give you those latest Dan Campbell approval poll numbers. A very interesting scenario that might be building with this Michigan Georgia game and something that I think is very important that we have learned with the Detroit Lions over the last several weeks. And we talked about that uh, you know, on the show on Monday, but something that Lions fans I'm hearing a lot of lately that are very frustrated about something that has been going on with the Lions. But I'm going to tell you to kind of just relax and back off for a minute and explain to you why all this stuff can work itself out. Gets that coming right up on the Wild Wednesday edition of the Detroit CityCast brought to you by our great friends at Bett Rivers
0: Must be 21. Playable in Michigan only. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-270-7117.
2: So I want to start here with what we're learning about this Michigan-Georgia situation. And as I mentioned, you got JT Daniels, the quarterback, the backup as of now. I mean, he's played in several games this year. Uh, as Stetson Bennett's been the main starter, but there's a thought that Mark, you know, I was going to say Mark Richt, that Kirby Smart uh, might have actually gone with JT Daniels because obviously we've seen Stetson Bennett struggle, especially in that Alabama game. But he is on the COVID-19 list, and also one of their wide receivers who we've discussed as we started to try to preview this game, uh, George Pickens, he's on the COVID protocol list as well. And you just hope there's not more of an outbreak. I mean, that would suck. I mean, obviously, being a Michigan fan, it, you know, if they had to forfeit, I'm not going to get mad. But I would feel terrible because imagine if it was Michigan that had to forfeit. And that's that's big news that came out today that if either team isn't able to field the right amount of players, that they will have to forfeit and there won't be a postponement. There will be no postponement. That's what I, th- I said yesterday on the show what I've been saying to anyone that I've, I've been talking to the last couple of days because people have been asking me, you know, could they postpone the semi? And I said, I thought there was very little chance that would happen. I mean, these games are set. They have the, you know, the amount, the correct amount of time between the semis that are going to be on New Year's Eve on Friday night. And then, you know, the next, the following, not the following Monday, but two Mondays later, about 10 days away, you have the national title game. So you can't screw with that. You can't move the semi to like a Tuesday and give one of the, you know, game's less of an advantage or more of an advantage. So that's I'm I'm not surprised at all that that is what happened, where they've said, listen, if there's got to be a forfeit, there will be a forfeit, and we will not reschedule this game. I mean, it sucks. That's kind of where we're at, and and we know that, I mean, I still love most of the bowl games, and I get why people think that the only ones that matter now are the playoffs, but that being said, these are the games that uh, that matter the most. I mean, some people think the only games right now, the other bowl games are all stupid. The only games that matter are the semis. But to, to think that we might have to have a team forfeit if there's a COVID outbreak, that's, that's terrible to think about. Let's knock on wood, that does not happen. Because these teams do deserve better when it comes to that. And luckily on the Michigan side, no issues whatsoever when it comes to COVID. Alabama uh, right now does not have any issues when it comes to COVID. Cincinnati right now does not have any issues when it comes to COVID. Actually, Cincinnati's got one guy on their injury report, their kicker, Cole Smith, he's nursing an undisclosed injury. Unclear whether he'll dress for the cotton but They have another kicker. So thats they're, they're the healthiest team of all four of them. But just as I've been thinking more and more about this, you know, when you look at what I think is going to transpire in this game with Michigan and Georgia, and we're going to talk much more about this leading up to it next week, but we've talked about the running backs. We've talked about what Georgia and Michigan can do defensively. To not have possibly have JT Daniels. And there's there's two sides of this. If, let's say, he can't go, and we might not know about that until much closer to game time, the fact that it's been out there, that it could be him or it could be Bennett, they're going to play, they might both play, all that kind of stuff. I've never been a fan of the whole two-quarterback thing in the first place. But if Daniels is fully out... And Bennett knows that he's the guy. That could be a really good thing for him in Georgia, that there's not any issues of having to worry about him being on a short leash, etc. It also could go the other way, that all the pressure's on Bennett. You're not going to go to Carson back the third stringer, who I think is, what, has he thrown 10, completed 10 passes all year? So it, it really is down to the fact that it's Bennett or Daniels or a combo of both. If Daniels is somehow out and you know it's all Bennett, that could work the other way. And be a bad, you know, tightening situation for Georgia. So, it, it we're living in some crazy times right now. This Omicron variant is no joke. Please, if you're out there, and I know that most of you that listen to the show are vaccinated, or if you couldn't get vaccinated, you're very careful. Uh, I mean, please, if you're not vaccinated. I'm not, you know, trying to get in the middle of telling people what to do. I would never do that. But if you are, you know, not at risk to get sick from the vaccines based on the research you've done, and you're just, you know, I had a friend that, that finally got it a couple months ago. He wasn't nervous about it. He just was to wait and 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 let, you know, some time go by and actually move to a warmer weather state. So the numbers weren't that bad. Please, please get vaccinated. Please do it. Because I got to tell you, man, it's just, that's the way we're going to get out of this. Otherwise we might never, I mean, I don't want to say never, but it's just, it's frustrating because it's sweeping through the world. It's sweeping through the country. We only have like you know, about half the country in, in, in the U.S. vaccinated. And it's just, I don't want it to wreck sports. I don't want it to wreck people's lives. I don't want it to make people have to work at home, you know, again, if they don't want to. So, please be careful. just uh, I ask you kindly. If you're not vaccinated, please strongly consider it. And I know some of you can't do it for health reasons. I know some of you won't do it um, for, you know, ethical reasons. You just don't want to be told what to do. I, I understand all that. But I've been triple vaccinated for a while now. I got the booster. I think it's been two, almost two, three months. I had no issues. I know some people have. I'm not trying to say that other people can't. But it, it's just, we're not going to find a way out of this unless we get vaccinated. And this Omicron thing is, is no freaking joke. And it's obviously wrecking sports right now. And it's, you know, firing its way through the world. So please be safe out there. If you're not vaccinated, wear a mask, sanitize. You know, don't be in large groups uh, like we kind of had to do before a lot of people were getting vaccinated. So let's, uh, let's just be careful out there because I don't want it to, to wreck sports. And I don't want it to wreck people's lives, that's for sure. All right, let's get you to the updated Dan Campbell approval poll numbers. Now, we've been doing this for several weeks now. We started it after the Rams game uh, when the Lions played really tough against their former franchise quarterback in Matthew Stafford. And, you know, it looked pretty good against one of the best teams in the NFL. And at that point, you know, we started doing the poll and Dan Campbell was in the 80% 80 approval. And then, of course, we know what happened. After that Rams game, the Lions got their asses blasted by the Philadelphia Eagles at home in a game that I actually picked the Lions to cover in. They were getting three and a half in that one. They lost 44-6. That was inexplicable. Then, of course, they tied the Steelers. And that's a game Lions probably should have won. Uh, After the Eagles game, I think it was down into the 50s. After the Steelers game, it was back up into the higher 50s. Then they, you know, played tough against the Browns, and it was still kind of sitting around approval in the 50s. Then they lose to the Bears on Thanksgiving, and it went down to the 30s. Then the Vikings game happens, and it's right back to the 60s. I think at one point it actually touched the 70s, but it was back down into the 60s for approval. Then, the, the you know, the Lions had half their team gone. The loss to the Broncos got it back down into the 50s. But then the Cardinals come to town, and the Lions whacked them 30 to 12. And here are your latest numbers. You can vote on these. They're up every week at Dan Leach 971 on Twitter. Dan Campbell's approval rating is 84%. That's right, 84%. So we've discussed this, and I think it's important to know. There is no way to know if Dan Campbell is a good coach yet. What I think we do know, and what I've been stressing to you on this show, throughout much of the year, especially after what just happened with the Cardinals, and we played you the sound for the, the Dan Campbell celebration in the locker room, that this team plays their asses off for Campbell Soup. They want to bite kneecaps. They want to run you into the ground. They want to stun you. They want to be like they were on Sunday at Ford Field against a Cardinals team that was desperate for a win to keep pace in the top seeds of the NFC. They want to embarrass you, and they did. I mean, the Cardinals were missing DeAndre Hopkins, but... They had Kyler Murray. They had Connor. They had Chase Edmonds. They had the, most of their defense healthy. And the Lions held them to 12 points. And the Lions were down to third, fourth string running backs and receivers. And, you know, missing offensive linemen. And obviously, you know, guys like Okuda been out for the year. No Hawkinson. No DeAndre Swift. their two best offensive weapons. Jared Goff, has left a lot to be desired at times. And they, they rocked the Cardinals. And that, to me, if you saw that connection in the locker room, in that post-game speech, and if you haven't, Heard it yet, it's on the show from yesterday, and it's also on my Twitter at DanLeach971. If you saw the genuine connection that the team had with Dan Campbell and had with each other, and the smiles on their faces and the dancing around, that is one of the most important things. A, a, A new head coach with his own team, his own team fully for the first time in his career, that is going through a full rebuild, that's one of the best things you can see. Now, once again, to back up for a minute here, it doesn't mean Dan Campbell's going to be a great coach. The guy goes for it on seemingly every fourth down. He's made some boneheaded in-game decisions. And and somewhere, you know, I brought this up the other day on the show and people were responding on Twitter saying, I've never really seen a coach that, you know, made bad in-game decisions then become better. Well, all coaches got to start somewhere. I'm sure early in his career, I'm not studying Brown's film right now from the 80s, but I'm sure Belichick made bad decisions and learned from his mistakes. That's the key. Bill Parcells, I'm sure, made terrible mistakes early in his head coaching tenure. You learn on the fly at times, and then in the offseason, you really dive into what you did wrong, what decisions you made incorrectly, and then find a way to improve on that. That's what makes a great head coach. So you can't evaluate Dan Campbell fully on less than one season. It's probably going to take at least two full seasons to really have a, a fair evaluation of him. But to be able to see how hard these guys play for him with the lack of talent, the lack of depth, you know, not Matthew Stafford, Jared Goff ain't Matthew Stafford, all due respect, Um, and all the different issues the Lions have had this year. It's, to me, that is something that is definitely a positive. It gives me hope. There's a lot more to learn about that. I mean, Dan Campbell has gone for, you know, field goals when he needs to go for touchdowns and vice versa, and I mentioned the, the whole fourth down situation. But the connection this team has to him is so opposite of what it was for Matt Patricia that that to me is a is a real hopeful thing. But Brad Holmes is not going to be able to build this team in a year or two. It's going to take three or four years probably. And as I mentioned, and I can't scream this enough, it's worth going through the brutal pain. Of this rebuild for two, three years, whatever it ends up having to take, if that means you can be a long term viable contender for 10 or 15 years, a la what the Ravens have been able to do for two plus decades, or the Packers, and obviously having Aaron Rodgers has helped them, Pittsburgh Steelers. And yes, you know, you look at the teams that I just mentioned, the, the Ravens, uh, maybe notwithstanding because they had Joe Flacco and now they have Lamar Jackson, but you know, Packers had Rodgers, one of the best quarterbacks ever. Roblesburgh is definitely one of the best quarterbacks ever. You know another another team that had long sustained success until this year, Seattle. I think it was their this is their first losing season in almost 20 years. So you look at, at teams like that that have these great quarterbacks. Yeah, you're gonna have to have a good quarterback. We know that, but it's gonna take building this team the right way, and it's worth the pain of you know the the two 11 and one record right now, or maybe next year the Lions go four and 13, or uh, I mean, dare I say five and 12, and then in year three you maybe go seven and 10, or you go you know, not, you have a winning record and uh, go 9-8. and eight. And if you lead and build yourself up and build to that crescendo and end up being a long-term viable contender, it's all worth it. I know some of you Lions fans are so reactionary and you're like, how can you say Dan Campbell has an 80%? How can you vote for Dan Campbell to, you know, have an approval rating, a positive one right now, when the Lions have one win or two wins or at one point they were, you know, 10-1. Oh, uh, and one? It's not about wins and losses this year. We've we've gone over this ad nauseum. And I know most of you understand this. It's not about wins and losses. It's about how this team prepares, how hard they play, identifying the players they're going to be around through this rebuild. I've said that there, I think there's going to be about 20% of this roster that will be here in two, three years, and that's fine. I mean, guys like Swift and Hogginson, you want to have here. Guys like Goff might not be here. You know, you're going to find different players that you identify that you want to keep through this rebuild, and that's where Brad Holmes has to work his Brad Sherlock Holmes magic. But I think that you look at the Chicago Bears. Perfect example. That's a team that's not in a rebuild. They drafted Justin Strawberry Fields. A lot of Lions fans mad. Oh, the Lions are going to regret it. They drafted Justin Fields. Lions should have done that. The Bears, you know, with Matt Nagy, who's been there now for, it seems like, too long, they're going backwards. And I think at this point in the season... Even though the Lions have more injuries, the Lions are probably playing better football and are a better team than the Chicago Bears. That's embarrassing for Chicago. The Lions should clearly have been the worst team in the NFC North. But yet, they're finding ways to beat teams like Arizona and almost beat Pittsburgh and play well against the Rams. And they should have probably beaten the, the Ravens with a healthy Lamar Jackson earlier the season. And that, that almost miracle comeback down 24 at the two-minute warning in San Francisco in week one. They have definitely played above their heads. Yeah, their record's 2-11-1. I get it. They're not a good team. We knew that. But it wasn't about wins and losses this year. It's about what this team needs to become to be good. And you're starting to be able to kind of put those pieces together. Now, obviously, Brad Holmes getting the, the you know, using those number one picks in the right way and, and being able to find ways to make moves and, you You know, signing Wiley veterans and not having to overpay for different contracts. That's going to be the key as well. And that leads me into the the next point that I wanted to close on today. A lot of Lions fans, in typical Lions S.O. blank fashion, are pissed off the Lions beat Arizona. Because right now, because the Lions have that tie, and Jacksonville got their ass kicked at home to Houston, even though they were favored in that game by almost five points, that they no longer have the overall number one pick. And yes, you know, the Lions still could get it back. Uh, the Lions have winnable games. I like, can't believe I'm saying winnable games for a team that's 2-11-1. But they have winnable games against the Falcons because Atlanta stinks. And they have a winnable game in Week 18 against the, the Packers because the Packers might be resting all their starters. The Seahawks, I mean, I, I don't see the Lions winning that game in Seattle, but Seattle's obviously out of everything. But Russell Wilson's healthy, and they got Rashard Penny, and the Lions historically have done terrible in Seattle. So they could still get the overall number one pick. But you can't get mad at a team for winning a game. I know that some of you love this tanking thing. And I, I, I <laughs> we, we've discussed this so many times over the last 10 or whatever years, especially when it comes to the 76ers, the whole trust of the process. What did that ever do? It did nothing. It got them Ben Simmons who, you know, now everyone wants to see completely thrown off the cliff in Philadelphia. It's you, you not about trusting the process. It's about putting the right players out there, like the Dolphins did a few years ago, to play their asses off, but not be good enough to win a lot of games. You're never going to tell athletes, especially pro athletes, especially football players that are risking life and limb in the most brutal game out there, aside from rugby, to say, well, let's go out there and not play 100%. Then you can get killed. You really can get paralyzed and hurt. So Lions fans have got to stop getting mad. When these certain things happen, and the Lions ruin their draft stock. I understand that, but these things will work themselves out. If Brad Holmes is worth his salt, which I think that he has a really great chance of being so, because he got guys like Van Jefferson and Donald and others. He was in charge of helping draft those guys in Los Angeles. That's why he was hired by the Lions. One of the smartest hires they made because they actually went with a guy that's a college talent evaluator, not a pro personnel guy like Bob Quinn. The Lions have been so bad at identifying college talent. That they needed someone like that. So, when you look at Brad Holmes, you got to trust that he's going to make the right choices. Now, if there was like an Andrew Luck, or like, let's say, you know, obviously Tom Brady went in the sixth round. but Let's say, you know, you knew that Tom Brady was going to be this incredible, generational, historic figure. And he was going to be taking number one. Then I, I can understand a little more frustration. But even so, even if that was the case, you can't get mad about winning games. You can't tell these guys to lose, and the Lions still very well might get that overall number one back to get either Hutchinson or Thibodeau from Oregon, or maybe go in a different direction and trade it down. Maybe it ends up working out better for the Lions if they don't have the overall one, because they both liked Hutchinson and Thibodeau, but they decided that it's smarter to trade down, get maybe two or three more first-round picks. Who knows? You've got to trust Brad Holmes. I'm not saying trust the process like the Sixers and Tank, but getting frustrated about a team that has 2 wins in 1 tie and 11 losses beating one of the better teams in the NFL that's that's you want to create a winning culture here you can't get mad about that i know it sucks that the lions went from the overall number 1 pick now to number 2 and they could even be lower than that but that's that's a losing fan mentality don't get mad about teams winning be happy about them winning i know i know it hurts your draft stock but you got to trust that this stuff will work itself out and like I said, you, I don't want to take away, you know, that you still got two great, it looks like the overall number one and two picks, Thibodeau and Hutchinson, but it's not like the Lions are missing out on Andrew Luck. It's not like the Lions are missing out on, on John Elway or someone that you know for sure was going to be taken over on number one and is going to end up being this generational talent. So that's another thing, even if that was the case, I still don't want you getting that frustrated. It would just suck. It would just be more like losing a game. But don't get mad about teams, especially that you love. Losing, or I'm sorry, winning, and that hurting their draft stock. That's a that's a losing franchise, losing fan mentality. Because if you have the right people in place, like they've had in Green Bay or in Baltimore or in Pittsburgh or in New England, you're gonna make the right draft picks, and you're gonna make that up. If you're instead of picking one, you're picking two, or instead of picking two, you're picking three. So we need to get that 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 loser mentality and culture out of the way here in Detroit. It's been going on for two too long all right but on that note I want to send all my great holiday wishes to all of you I'm very excited for a few uh, Christmas parties uh coming up over the next few days and spending some you know time on Christmas with my great Gentile friends being the fine Jew that I am uh, but I want to wish all of you no matter what you celebrate the happiest of the holidays I, I'm sure a lot of you are traveling today hopefully listening to this show while you're traveling back home please be safe um, I know the airports are kind of crazy right now and of course, wear your mask, be safe. I don't want anyone getting sick for the holidays. We'll be with you here uh, throughout all of it. And I can't wait to be doing some shows for you live down in South Beach and Miami getting ready for Michigan and Georgia the playoffs. Those will lift off next week as well. All right, that's going to do it for us today. Until next time, keep reaching for the stars. Believe in the dream. Dan Leach, the Squatch, out.